Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, I want to start this episode with a little bit of a call to action to all of you. Uh, I've mentioned it on a previous intro, uh, but we're getting a little close now to the fifth anniversary of the podcast. Uh, our first episode went live way back on uh, May 25th, 2017. Uh, so in a little over a month from the release of this episode, uh, we'll be hitting that five-year mark. Uh, pretty scary, <laughs> actually, where the time has gone. Uh, but you know what they say about time flying when you're having fun and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I think what we're going to be doing is a very special Q&A episode to mark the five years. Uh, so long-time listeners will know that that means that we want your questions. Uh, they can be about anything to do with the podcast, or I guess even not, uh, based on some of the questions we've had uh, for other Q&As that we've done. Uh, but yeah, send them in to us, and uh, we'll answer them. Um, the best place probably for your questions to be submitted is on our Discord server. We have a special Q&A submissions uh, channel on there. Uh, but if you're not a Discord user, uh, no worries. Uh, you can send them to us in pretty much any other form. Uh, I'm talking Facebook message, Twitter DMs or tweets, uh, Instagram messages, Ko-Fi messages, uh, or even email uh, to pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. Uh, so yeah, you've got a couple of weeks yet to send in your submissions, uh, but better to get them in sooner rather than later to make sure that we get them before the recording happens. Uh, I'm super looking forward to seeing what you all come up with. <laughs> um, okay, well that, that's actually about it for this intro, so uh, without any further ado, let's get into today's episode, uh, Fire of the Gods, Part 6. Enjoy. Murphy, shortly after your brief conversation on the communicator with Connaught, uh, yourself, Ray, and Arela are once again called up to the conference room by the captain for a senior staff meeting, and uh, you all take your places around the table. <laughs> I, do, I mean, I, I say take your places. Do, do you all have a, like a favourite seat? It's <laughs> the most low stakes question to start this scene. <laughs> it depends it's what the table's one. like. <laughs> kind of assuming that she just kind of takes whatever seat is close to everyone else sure or I'd left. imagine there's a I'd imagine there's a hierarchy like it goes in order does it not I don't know um well you noticed um the captain tends to sit at the like the head of the table and to Lynn kind of next to him but other than that people just seem to sit wherever it's, it's really is not important <laughs> right Ray, whatever Ray tends, to sit, Ray tends to sit with his back to the windows okay just well, so, so you can concentrate on the um matter at yeah. hand rather than staring at the rather stars. Rather than going, oh look, pretty stars. Yeah. yeah, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, the uh, the captain uh, is stood at the head of the table um, at this point as you're all sat. It says, um, thank you all for coming. 
I've been in conference with uh, Admiral Flanders, um, well, uh, most of the morning, and um, I'm afraid the news isn't great. Given the information we currently have, Starfleet Command has made the decision for us to discontinue first contact procedures with the Deterrence at this time. Our mission instead will be to investigate just how these Starfleet designs, uh, in the form of this uh, revelation document, made their way to this planet and uh, into the hands of its inhabitants. Centuries ago, it would seem. Are you thinking of a, a stealth mission, sir? Yes, uh... Anything we do, uh, be it in orbit or down on the surface, will have to be. We are to do our utmost to limit any further Prime Directive violations, and act as we usually would with any pre-warp society in terms of secrecy. This obviously makes our job a little harder, of course. I'm open to any suggestions, but uh, ideally I'd like to send down a small covert team to investigate the dig site where this document was found, and uh, check for any more evidence which... Uh, might shed some light on what happened. Captain, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Starfleet are telling us not to proceed with first contact at this time. What are we going to do about our two guests? They already know that we exist. They know of a connection between the Federation and their documents and the ship that they built to get this far out into space. And we can't exactly just set them down and say, never speak of us, because social patterns always dictate that if one person experiences something, eventually others will know about it. I think we're past the point of being able to avoid first contact. Unless we make them stay on board ship. Well, I, uh, I happen to agree with you, Commander. Uh, as does Starfleet Command. Um, but it's, uh, you gotta agree, it's a messy situation. Hence the length of my conference with the Admiral this morning. We can't exactly force the Deterrence to do anything, but uh, as you say, if we just drop them back on their planet, uh, who knows how long until the secret's out. As such, uh, Starfleet would like to invite them to remain aboard the Tenzing until we get to Deep Space 3. They'll be met there by a specialist anthropology team from the Daystrom Institute. Um, this isn't exactly the first time a situation like this has happened, uh, although it's obviously not ideal. Um, Hypothetically, sir, if they were to come back with us to Deep Space 3, and they met the anthropology team, would they then be allowed to go home again? Well, uh, that would depend on how the situation develops from here, and uh, that's out of our hands. First contact at some point in the near future isn't off the table, by any means, and uh, if that progresses, they'd of course be able to return home. Just not right now. Who knows, though. Uh, perhaps this whole incident will uh, move things along a little bit. I'd wager Starfleet will be keeping a much closer eye on the Deterrent Society after this, anyway. Couldn't there be a way to medically wipe their memory of this? Is that not an option instead of having to remove them completely from their home? There are also ethical considerations with that and it is rare for anything along those lines to not cause serious side effects. Not to mention would they willingly want to forget what they've seen? So far, everything that we've shown them, everything they've experienced since coming on board has opened their eyes. Who are we to take that away from them just to keep our, our own existence a complete secret? Of course. They are, after all, the first of their kind to make the journey they did. As I said, though, things may progress with contact uh, sooner rather than later, and uh, then they'll have quite the story to tell when they get back to their people. 
Do you think Starfleet would be willing to reconsider First Contact if we brought back any extra information that would make it make them potentially change their mind if they saw that there was more to their society and their technological and sociological advancement that would warrant First Contact sooner rather than later? That's a possibility, of course, but uh, let's not lose sight of what we need to do now. If we come across any information that'll help convince Starfleet Command to resume the first contact process, it uh, will of course make things easier for our two guests, but uh, our focus needs to be on how they came by those plans. Right, sir. You yourself dated the document to uh, way before the founding of the Federation, Commander. Uh, this is a mystery we can't afford to ignore for now. Sir, if I may, if Starfleet wants us to investigate where this information came from, and the area around it, it will be a much more advantage to us to have one or both of them with us on the mission. Hmm, that's a good thought. A little bit of local knowledge would go a long way. How are we looking in terms of their space-based capability? Sensor scans from earlier today, Captain, confirmed that the planet doesn't have any sophisticated arrays, scanning arrays, or telescopes planted around, so our approach shouldn't be detected. So it's the next logical step will be to find an ideal transport site so we can beam down mostly undetected. Ah, good. Uh, perhaps our guest can advise us on a suitable beam down location then. Um, we want to make as little noise as possible. Keep the away team small too. Yes, sir. The less people, um, the less detection. Exactly. Uh, Murphy, where are the two returns now? Um, They're with um, Ensign Conhart. Ah, still. He was in charge of them last night, was he not? I thought a familiar face was more, um, we'd keep them at ease, sir. If I may make a suggestion, sir? Of course, Doctor. I would be willing to be part of this stealth mission. Having someone with empath abilities could be very useful in trying to keep our presence undetected. I'd agree, sir. You could also pick up any hostility in the in the environment. Hmm, sounds like a good idea. Commander Tillin uh, presses a button on her control panel, and the same general profile of the Deterrent species which was presented uh, way back in your original briefing on them uh, reappears on the monitor. Captain, you will perhaps note that physiologically speaking, the Deterrent people do not on average exceed 157 centimetres in height. I would strongly suggest that we limit candidates for an away mission to 170 centimetres at a maximum. Any taller and even disguised suspicion may be raised. Uh, so for those of you who work in feet and inches, the average Retiran height is about 5 foot 2, and Talin is really suggesting no one over around 5 6 go on any mission where they might be spotted. Uh, I think raised too tall to fit in with this group. How tall is Ray? <laughs> uh, I think I based him on my actual real life height, he's about 6 foot 2, 6 foot 3. Oh yeah, Ray, you can come. No. Well, that's unless um, unless any of you unless you can come up with like a sort of a compelling reason to be like, well, no, we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> Trying to hide the fact we have a giant with us. Yeah. <laughs> I've I tell you, what, I've got a dying out of character for a second. I've got a dying memory in my brain. There's an episode of Star Trek where. I mean, Stargate did it as well, but I think Stargate did it first. They had a device that they would clip onto them and it would give them an external hologram so they looked like somebody else. Could we do something 
like that, which diminishes your actual appearance. Sort of semi-cloak device. I... I I can't remember if it was Deep Space Nine or if it was something that Voyager cooked up, but they did it in Foothold. It was in Foothold, the Stargate episode Foothold. Yeah, I don't know if you can... I mean, okay, this is me pulling bullshit sci-fi science. I don't know if you'd be able to diminish your appearance with it. Hmm. Because then you're sort of stealth camoing half of your head and stuff. Yeah. So the only way to make yourself look short would be to do some kind of tissue compression, but... Uh. If you do that... (laughs) If you do that for two... Leg short, leg. Well, it's well. No, tissue compression is a thing out of Doctor Who. The Master would use that to kill people, and they would basically turn into dolls, essentially. And the change in tissue, comp- the tissue compression would kill them. So, what you're but, saying is, you want Doctor Rila to kill Ray? <laughs> well, now you mention it. No, um, <laughs> I'm, 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 could we? I'm wondering, could we? Could we? Fud, could we sort of techno babble some tech here, where we've got tissue compression ability but we can only do it for a set amount of time before lasting damage is done to your physiology so um, we can take on a shorter appearance but we can only be down there for an hour at a time say or you could put your shoes on your knees oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that I, I can't think of anything in track like this in fairness yeah, no I, I don't th- I think yeah. that's like beyond the spectrum of like biomechanics yeah in, in track it's sort of that that's a little bit of beyond. There's, there's some kind of grounding Cause reality. Because I've just watched the episode with Bashir and the um, the other uh, mutants, as they call themselves, um, the, oh, he's yeah. bioengineered, and and he was like they his parents at least got him a good doctor, whereas these these other guys didn't, and they all have they all can't live within society because yeah, they're they're. Mm. I mean, in quite a few episodes, they have like people like surgically altered to look like a different species but they're yeah, always like the yeah. same height it's just them with like yeah. different makeup on basically yeah mm. there's never yeah. been like okay we need <laughs> we need Picard to be four foot two <laughs> so we'll just yeah, cut I the middle section of, change that. Yeah. No. um no that's fair enough no I yeah, no it's a good thought um I think I've kind of put a little bit of a, a, a sort of um limitation on this haven't I well, no, not really. I mean, it's a fair cop. If, if that sort of thing hasn't ever happened in Star Trek, yeah. like you say, I mean, it's, it's grounded far more in scientific reality or medical reality than Doctor Who is, for example. So mm-hmm. we can. Well, that's fine. Um, I, th- I think. The, I think. I think the best way to do this is if the Doctor and because I think Johnny's quite short. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say probably the Doctor and Johnny would be best to go down with the Deterrence and then either myself or Murphy monitoring their movements and keeping them up to date as to whether they're about to be spotted or anything like tracking them in real time yeah i mean mm-hmm. as, as i say you know you, they they average at five two um so anyone kind of closer to that's going to get away with it pushing it you don't really want to go a lot past you know kind of five six sort of thing as i say how, how tall how tall is murph yeah murph is five 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 um is that in flats or in heels? Yeah. <laughs> in flats. We're just flats. running around in socks down there, just to <laughs> just, just to try and get anything we can. Um, well, I mean, I'm perfectly happy to parade us out of this away mission if um, the other three wanted to go down with the Tyrans. 
I think okay. someone running something from the ship is really useful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to take that one. Yeah, because they can watch our position and watch who's approaching us, or if yeah. um, like if we, and we get can maintain communications. Yeah, we exactly. can maintain comms all the way through. And you're and you're on hand for when we want to like data emergency link beam or whatever. Out. Yeah, yeah, and emergency beam outs and stuff. But yeah. when we're like taking readings and that, we can like uplink to you instantly. So it kind of makes sense mm. as well that you've, we've got you on hand. You are. Oh, that's who you are. You're. You're. Um, what's his face from Charlie's? You're Charlie from Charlie's Angels on the other end of the phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bosley? Well, that wasn't the. Um, Bosley, yeah, yeah, Bosley, yeah. Bosley, I was going to say that. Yeah, that wasn't the um, comparison. I, I really. I don't think I had what that in mind. You can't get said, away from yeah, it. No, no, if you, all, if yeah. you'd said Jarvis, if you said Jarvis to the Avengers, yeah. then fair enough. He's, he's the guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's Bosley. The upstairs guy, yeah. After a fashion. Yeah, okay. If we're taking high into consideration, Captain, I'm out of this one immediately. But I'd be more than happy to monitor their situation and their positions from the ship and be on hand if they need anything in an emergency such as a beam out it would be useful actually um when we get when we when we find if we find anything actually we can link up with you immediately after scanning and that way we can use the computer to analyze the data and instantly have an answer at two Okay, well, that's two for the mission then. Murphy and the Doctor. Uh, anyone else got any suggestions? I think Ensign Connor would be handy to take along as well. He would, actually. He would. That familiar face for the Deterrence, is that what you're thinking? Exactly, sir. That makes three, and with the Deterrence, that makes five. Five seems like probably the highest number to try and stay undetected. Unless one of the, unless we only take one to Tyrion, but that's up to you, Captain. Do you want to keep one to remain or both of them? Well, it's not them I'm worried about. They'll blend in much better than any of us, no matter what we do. If you think they can help, take both of them along. We already know they work well together from the warp flight. Then we'll take both, sir. We could use all the help we can get, <laughs> and then some. All right then, uh, let's get to it. We'll uh, we'll move the Tenzing into a high orbit and uh, prepare to beam down your team. Um, confer with the Draterians about the plan and uh, see what input they have. Uh, we'll need to know where you're going. Oh, and uh, see about a disguise too. I have a feeling these uniforms will stand out down there. We'll oh, take really? the Tyrion's advice on fashion, sir. <laughs> Wise idea. Meanwhile, I'll head down to transporter room two and relieve the lieutenant working there at the moment. You're sending them down personally. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the man in the van, Captain. Out of character, I thought you'd be at the science station, but that's just me. But um, well, hey, I can do a bit of both. <laughs> Transfer all ships functions to me. I'll be in transporter room too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, hey, if Jordan can transfer engineering controls to the bridge of the Enterprise D, then I'm doing the same fucking thing. Damn it! I'm gonna, gonna run it uh, off an Xbox 360 controller. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, Johnny, you are still where we last saw you, in the holodeck with the two Draterans, uh, Rane and Varai. 
the uh, the history of the Federation holoprogram program you've been running uh, is coming to an end. And so, with the war against the Dominion at an end, a new era of peace is dawning for the Federation. As its citizens rebuild, new bonds of friendship are forged, and Starfleet once again looks towards the unknown, with hope for clear skies and new horizons on the frontier. This hollow presentation was brought to you by the combined efforts of the Smithsonian and Daystrom Institutes, the Federation Archives, and with the cooperation of Starfleet Command and the Vulcan Science Academy. Have a pleasant day. So with that, the holodeck fades up into being, uh, well, kind of like a, a bit of a white space, empty white space, briefly, as the program comes to a conclusion, and then uh, ends, reverting to the blank grid pattern of the underlying walls. Hey, how are they looking? Are they... Are they... Uh, what, I suppose, like, has this come down from a peak of amazement, or are they still kind of wrapped? Yeah, I feel like they were, you know, then... I feel like there was a bit in it where they maybe were looking like a bit overwhelmed, like especially where they're like, sort of like talking about war with the Klingons and talk of time travel and you know, later on mention of the Borg as sort of this unstoppable force and everything. And then shape changing aliens from the other side of the galaxy. Uh, you know, there's a lot. <laughs> but I think at a certain point it just it's almost like they're just like like okay, well we're in. We'll just watch this. You know, you know, we're on board at this point. You know, sort of thing. Like it was a lot to begin with, and then they're just like, okay, well we'll just, I guess, we'll stand back and watch the story sort of unfold. Um, but they do seem a little bit overwhelmed. But you, they were paying attention. They weren't just like sitting there huddled in the corner, like why, why won't it end? Okay, cool. <laughs> so Johnny um, says, well, yeah, that that about wraps it up. So. Um, if you'd like to follow me out, um, I suppose maybe it's time to get something to eat. Uh, yeah, yes, of course, uh, Ensign Connor Johnny. Um, it was, uh, yeah, which is quite a lot to take in. Well, absolutely. And he starts leading them out and starts talking as they're walking. Um, so, I mean, obviously, nothing else stood out to you, I'm assuming, as, as the, uh, show continued there there was nothing remotely familiar about any aspects of what you saw uh not particularly no uh, ensign connor johnny uh the evolution of your society has been quite different to ours um mm. other than the design of our ship of of course yeah it's it's inexplicable i mean your your society is quite religious to say the least would that be fair to say? Our society is, uh, how would you say? Only religious. He's not going to say it, but Johnny's certainly thinking, well, that kind of a, makes it all the more questionable that there's advanced technology on this planet because religion tends to stymie a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, this was in the... Uh, oh, no, you didn't get that briefing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say... <laughs> Johnny's ignorant. Yeah. In the uh, the Starfleet Science Report, they'd sort of speculated that um, the reason why they said, oh, it'll be at least 100 years before they hit warp travel was because of the way the society's structured. Any kind of truly radical ideas tend to get sort of 
shot down, which is why these two were sort of saying their order um, is under, you know, a bit of uh, danger from their flight because it was not, you know, they're, they're considered radicals, basically. Um, yeah, I yeah. get it. Let's just continue. Let's let's head on to ten forward. Johnny's kind of perplexed <laughs> and, and can't think because his insight is pretty low, sure. and as is mine in this moment, clearly. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll just continue on. Okay, the adding to ten forward. Did you say? Yep, just to get some food. Okay, all right. Again, probably. familiar space. He's thinking that we're probably at midday, maybe having spent a couple of hours. Doing yeah, it's this. about yeah. Sure, it's lunchtime. I'd say as well, if, if we wanted to synchronise all this up then, so um, the, the staff meeting upstairs has ended, and uh, if uh, Murphy, you and uh, Irina were looking to meet up with Johnny, that uh, you could very quickly find out where he was. And I, I don't want to... That sounds very railroady, but yeah. <laughs> Computer, look at Ensign Conhart. Ensign Conhart is in and forward. Of course uh. he is. Of course he is. <laughs> Doctor, would you like to join me in 10 forward? I would be delighted, Lieutenant Commander. I'm assuming our young ensign has our guests there. I think he would probably have informed you if it was otherwise. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> you over to yeah, you can yeah, as always, you can quickly get a turbo lift down to uh down to deck ten. As you enter ten forward, the, you can see quickly. You see the Deterrence before you see uh, Connaught, and they're seated at a table uh, away from the window. It looks like they've, they've almost done their best to get the same table as they did last night when you briefly saw them um, in there with with Johnny. Um, and uh, I guess you then see Johnny returning from the replicator. Um, have you, Johnny? Have you gone with hot dogs again? <laughs> yes, or have you? <laughs> Let's mix it up, burgers. Okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you've you've replicated them some burgers uh, that are um, safe for them to eat, not safe for you to eat. Uh, you've got to remember. Mm-hmm. And they again look a little bit curious at curiously at them as you, as you put them down on the table. These are burgers. The middle part of this, once upon a time, would have been made out of animal meat. We we don't do that anymore. Um, the rest of this is um, a variety of different ingredients. There's leafy greens. These are plant plant matter. And tuck in. It should be to your taste. I sort of poke it briefly and pick it up and um, take a bite into it and again sort of nod and say, it, uh, it tastes similar to the, uh, the hot dogs. Hot dogs? You, you showed us yesterday. You guess that the computer has basically just reconstituted the same basic proteins and things into a different shape for them. Um, yeah, this, this yeah. is just the novelty of cultural exchange. Yeah, this is yeah. a bunch of anachronistic rubbish, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, um, Ariela and Murphy uh, approach, I guess. I have news from the captain. Sir? We'll take a seat. We'll take a seat first. It would be better to explain it that way. Johnny nods to the doctor. Sorry. Can I just ask, how many people are around us right Um, now? Like, if it's really busy, this might not be the best place for the conversation. It's not really, really busy, but I mean, it's it's kind of it's never empty in here. 
there are probably throughout the whole uh, area there's probably about there's a couple of people sort of serving but then there's probably about 20-25 people spread throughout the room maybe we could find a quiet corner hmm um, or we could just go to the office whoever's office is closer I mean, I think we can let them eat their lunch first yeah yeah eat yeah. your eat eat please what we have what we have can be can wait so yeah food is eaten and it's up to you where you want to go for this I mean there's plenty of little offices or whatever on basically every on most levels but if you want to go to a specific um, oh we'll just find an empty one then yeah make it easier sure yeah you're able to you're able to find a quiet quite a little um room to have a conversation let's say starfleet has returned with um information with a decision we have been ordered to not initiate i'm afraid first contact procedures what we have been ordered to do is to investigate how the information of the phoenix came into your possession what we would like to do is to send a few of us down with you so that we can use our instruments to figure out where this all came from and we would like your help if that's possible we of course yes yes we will we we will help you but the information came came from the scroll it came from the lantern we were hoping that we could look at where the scroll was found. Um, but we also are aware that this is potentially a difficult situation for you and your compatriot. The revelation was found in the ruins of Old Theldon. Um below where our temple uh, uh, well and where our settlement now is um, we, we can show you to the temple of course um, getting into the inner sanctum though may be uh, trickier um, we might be able to convince the priest to show us through though um, they knew of our mission of, of, of the flight of our craft um, that, that may help I think that mm. might be our best plan and of course things may change while we're there but that seems like a solid plan to start with however we would need to conceal our identities from the rest of your settlement at least until we've been able to access the information Um, we do not want to risk doing anything that could put you or your people at risk uh, pilgrims often wear travelling robes which uh, cover their heads and uh, sometimes the face as well. Um, w- would that suit the needs? Would, would that suffice? We can ask the computer to look through some examples of clothing and you can help us help us pick out what would be suitable. Um, Connor, you'll be on this mission. Sir. Two away missions in a row. <laughs> certainly st- stood a little bit kind of, I don't know, straighter at the thought of that. You even had a briefing you've done this well. time. Yeah. I know what's you've going done on. Well with the, you, you've done well with the Tatians. They know you. 
You're a familiar face. It'll be helpful. Johnny looks over at them. What's their reaction to hearing that? Um, well, they don't seem... They, they don't, like, frown and go, oh, no, he's been awful or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, then. Johnny, Johnny's just... Yeah, they, they sort of... No, they, they nod. They're like, yeah, cool. Good, good. <laughs> Super casual. It's not soured anything yet. He's no, no, making no. good relations with the, the people they've They're met clearly, so far. The, the burgers and hot dogs route is working for you. <laughs> Barbecue time. <laughs> It's the next step. Mexico. Full barbecue. Mexican! <laughs> um, okay. I think we can safely say then, so without having to go through the whole thing, they're able to, um, with your help, find um, a, a suitable sort of robe aesthetic, and the computer's able to um, replicate a set for each of you. Um, the Jatirans ask for a set for themselves as well what well, after you sort of impressed on them the need for a bit of um a little bit of secrecy so the uh, the party of five outfitted in robes um you are able to but should we let's just say you head to uh transporter room two then i guess that's where ray was gonna be running the show from you would be correct uh, okay so yeah you enter the uh the transporter room and uh, Ray, you were at the control panel. Computer, transfer science station controls to transporter room two. Affirmative. One of the panels on the wall lights up with uh, sensor displays and um, all the stuff that you're used to on the bridge. Yep. But given this is basically a galaxy class starship on the flip, I'm guessing the transporter rooms look more or less the same as they did in the Enterprise D. Yeah, the, uh, the saucer section is basically identical. Okay, so I've got the main controls for the transporter in front of me looking at the pad, and I've got the wall panel behind me is where the science controls are. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, that's good. I'm, I'm going to retcon out that awful green wallpaper pattern. Um, oh, thank you. Thank God for that. <laughs> I really did clash. Yeah, uh, not it's, not, it's not a good-looking set. Um. No. <laughs> okay, so the controls, controls are transferred. I tap in a few combinations. Mm-hmm. And I start getting uh, readings from the central focus of where we've been scanning on the planet. Yeah, you're able to you're able to bring up a um, uh, a live view of the sort of main continent uh, very easily on the screen. The the, the Tenzing is currently in uh, geostationary orbit over the uh, the continent. So um, right. Just looking at potential transport sites now. Was anything decided about where we're going to be putting you down? Any suggestions? It's your home world. Um, where is it would be best to to visit? Where did you get the documents from again? Uh, from the ruins of Old Theldon, um, beneath our, our current settlement. Ah. Can you help um, Lieutenant Commander Ray with where that is on the map? He'll help you there. I gesture to the wall. Okay. Or to the panel. One of them comes forward and uh, very sort of sort of takes it all in and points at a uh, a particular uh, region near to some mountains. Um, as they touch the display, um, it's it zooms in, um, and you can see basically the 
a, a, an aerial view of a, ta- a very you know a small town um, to the north, uh, which is where the mountains were. There's still uh, what looks to be a quite sort of ancient lava flow of rock. It's not molten, um, but the town seems to be partially built on top of this. And in the centre of the town is a very large, um, symmetrical-looking building. Um, obviously, it's an aerial view, but it looks like it's got some kind of dome on the top of it. I'm guessing, Vari, that you recognise the settlements from above. Uh, yes, I. Uh, well, uh, I know my geography. But where would be an ideal spot for us to beam your, beam the away team down without drawing too much tension? Well, uh, we we need to get to the temple. He uh, he presses again at a spot on the display, and it zooms in again. There is uh, uh, an alleyway here uh, between the marketplace and this uh, residential district. Um, it should hopefully be quiet enough for us to to go unnoticed. The market's currently closed. Perhaps. Uh, I do not know what the time is. Um, we, we can hope so. Okay. We should have a good window to beam you all down. Thank you, Vari. Murphy is going to tap her, her comm badge and be like, Captain, um, the away mission is ready to go. Um, ready when you are, sir. Good. Uh, we're in position in orbit now. Um, have you been able to get the information you needed from our guests? Yes, sir. They've informed us that they may be able to get us as close to the monument as possible, um, but there might be a little bit difficulty with the inner guards. However, um, they assure us that they should be able to get us through. Okay, good to hear. Um, Murphy, keep your eyes open down there. Uh, we're seeing some anomalous activity in the atmosphere of that part of the continent. Um, not specific to your destination, but still, something's up. Is it atmospheric or people, sir? Uh, vehicular. Deterrent air vehicles of some sort. Vehicles? Vehicle driving. It's not the vehicles themselves. Uh, we, we were expecting them. Um, but the computers flagged the traffic patterns as anomalous. Um, other than a few fast movers on patrol, there's almost nothing near to your beam down location. It's too quiet. Uh, it might be nothing, but uh, stay sharp. All right, sir. Okay, so uh, before we have anybody step onto any transporter pads or, or anything like that, uh, let, let's quickly uh, go through uh, what we probably should have done a minute ago, and uh, maybe and um, and talk equipment. Uh, now you've you've got your disguises. Each of you has been able to replicate a uh, sort of suitable pilgrim's robe that you can uh, wear. That's got a, a face covering, so kind of obscuring. Um, that you're you're not Jatirans, all uh, although the th- <laughs> the three of you are still just a little bit taller than the average Jatiran, so th- there is that. But I think you, you can probably get away with that. Um, you can easily conceal your standard hand phaser, tricorder, and whatnot within your robes, uh, so that's not a worry. Um, but I guess I'm I'm sort of asking, is there anything specific you'd like to bring along, though? Well, on on that basis, then that that means two phases. <laughs> <laughs> I did mean your I... regular loadout. I didn't mean. I didn't mean like so. So how many guns are you taking with you? On this? Oh, well, that's just this way. This is the there? Old back is up. there a? Is there a way that I could like take? It's not. It's like a video camera, but it's it's smaller, isn't it? 
was like what, what, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it was like a shoulder-mounted thing. I think got used in one episode of TNG. It was like a hollow, mm. like a hollow, hollow something. Or something. Hollow, yeah, is it something like that? But oh, because O'Brien has one. Yeah. In um, DS9, and it's like a little handheld, like home movie kind of thing. Sure. Let's say yes, you're able to take one of those. Okay. Probably a good idea for taking scans. Ray, is there anything that we should maybe bring? Any sciencey equipment we should bring? <laughs> You've got tricorders anyway. Yeah. If you don't want to take anything else, you don't want to take anything else. I just did, I thought, you know, give you the opportunity if you there's anything that, that pops into your mind as like, a, you know, something like this would be helpful. Oh, just as, as a last minute thing then, just before we step onto the pads, Johnny thinks, especially because he's been taking care of these guys for a while, he realises we're about to step onto teleporters and these guys have never used that this could be quite a scary experience for them um, so he stops and turns to them and says um, we're about to um, travel down to your planet but just so that you understand we're not going to be taking a ship um, this I mean you saw the history of the Federation hopefully this has prepared you and he kind of winces a little bit and looks at the rest of the group um, we're about to teleport down to the planet um, you'll be kind of I mean, I don't know how to describe it and he looks around to the rest of the group how are they, re how are the Dratirans reacting to this mostly? Um, I'll say Irela, you can definitely feel they're quite apprehensive they don't seem surprised um, and then one of them says oh like the uh, the beaming in the uh, in the hollow program which you showed us yes absolutely yeah that, that's exactly the technology that we'll be using. Is it... is it painful? Oh, not in the slightest. This will be yet another new experience, then. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're prepared for adventure, I suppose. Though, adventure to your own planet after a fashion. He kind of shrugs. So yeah, uh, the five of you step up uh, onto the transporter pad. Uh, Irila, you can feel um, a little bit of apprehension, I'd say. Maybe a, a bit of a sort of slight touch of fear from the Tratirans. Um, most likely due to them um, having yet another crazy sci-fi thing uh, happening to them <laughs> over the course of about two days. They've had a busy couple of days now, uh, but they seem ready to go. Ray is prepping the controls. We're going to beam you down just as a weather pattern passes over the settlement. Should give you a decent amount of cover and hide the fact that you've just beamed in. Ready, Murphy? Energize.
Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time on Thursday, May 5th, for the finale of this uh, Fire of the Gods storyline, and we hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, uh, you can head to pretendingwithdice.com uh, for more information and links to all of our web presences, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and uh, Ko-Fi. Uh, so yeah, for now, that's our show. We hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.